Um, welcome to Long Ash Podcast. We are your hosts, Secret Christopher and uh, Nick the Cigar Architect. Nick, I don't want anyone to know my last name. Secret Christopher, that's more sophisticated. Yeah, well, you're, you're a sophisticated guy now. You've reached, new, you've reached new heights. I have. I finally saw Batman. Yeah, yes. So yes. we can talk about it now. Yes. Okay. I had to do earmuffs last week when yeah, you guys were talking about Yeah, we're going to do a spoiler about... alert. Like, this whole episode is spoilers for, uh, <laughs> for Batman. Yeah, um, but before, screw it. Before we talk about Batman... I just want to address something really quickly. I don't want to harp on it. It's been harped on. I also don't want to get in the middle of anything. But there's been some contention in the cigar industry the past few weeks. There's been a lot of back and forth after um, an article was published by Half Wheel. Um, I suggest listening to the Hot Ticket podcast episode on this from last week uh, about cigar marketing. They make a lot of really good points. Um, Basically, you know, some of this silly, gimmicky marketing that could easily be thought of to target um, kids that a lot of companies are, you know, not a lot, but there's companies who are doing it. Uh, again, I just wanted to address it. It's not something that I support. Um, listen, everyone has the right to be creative, but I think that you get into very dangerous territory. And I think people like, you know, they have this whole freedom of speech thing, which absolutely, and, you know, as a creator, you know, essentially when you're a cigar manufacturer, you're a creator, you're an artist, yeah. and you should be able to express yourself but I think that also people need to to live in the reality of just because you know intention doesn't matter. It's it's what they can prove. It's what you know, or, or how the FDA can see something. Like the FDA cannot look at this beautiful H. Upman heritage by AJ Fernandez and have any questions about who this is marketed to, what the intention is behind it. Um, but yeah, I love these. They're, in film world, they're called like laurels. You put like your best director best actor like i love chris i don't mean that. to correct you but i think they're just called laurels in general oh they are okay i, think, I yeah. didn't know that all right i don't want to i don't want to sound stupid but like, yeah i like the like laurels julius around caesar it. like okay, it's, just, yeah. it's just laurels I yeah <laughs> I didn't in know. the film world we call this a, a box <laughs> and you can hide many you can hide you can cameras hide, yes, you can hide you many can, things you in this pro- it could be a prop okay, it's, a, it's an industry term but yeah. like you, you know, wouldn't get it in the business we call this the laurels around it because laurels mean from like you know it's means excellence in my That's opinion. the first time I've ever been like, wow, Chris is an industry guy. That was the first thing you've ever said where I'm like, oh, this guy's in the, he's in the business. <laughs> um, but no, you're right. Like you look at this box and it doesn't, it's not catering to the youth. Um, yeah. Do you think, and this might be an obvious question, uh, do you think it, the people who make these boxes that brand towards kids, like do you think they're doing it on purpose? Do you think they're no, just- No, no, no. So I, I, I want to be careful about the wording here. I don't want to say they, they brand towards kids. Yeah, okay. I, I think overall it's um, the problem with our generation, and no one is more guilty of this in general than I am. Like I'm very guilty of this, is this play into the nostalgia yeah, of, our, of our lives. You know, uh, you know, I'm decorating my new apartment now. I have, you know, high-end artwork of Indiana Jones. You know, yeah. I have one of those- those pictures that kind of looks like art where it's every frame of a movie that they kind of digitally put together. Man, so I miss, I miss my bachelor pad. Yeah. This is, because I, you no, could put is, a movie, you could just put a movie posters. Now it's like, it first has of all, to, there's I've a shown theme. you, I've shown the big trouble in little China picture. It look, it looks like a piece of artwork. It's yes, not, it, yeah. You couldn't even tell it's a movie because of how, like what it actually is. And even the Indiana Jones images I'm getting are not like, 
it's not like a movie poster. It's like three but it different. it looks legit, yeah. yeah. It's three different scenes from those movies. Yeah, I had Inglorious Bastard poster. Yeah. It's always sunny now. It's yeah. like you walk into my bathroom, you're like, you're, yeah, you, you, my wife took it over. Well, I'm trying to make it, I'm trying to make <laughs> yeah. it mine, but also yeah. like tasteful. I'm not exactly. just going to put like a Creed poster on the wall. You're yeah. rock on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to make it tasteful. A Baywatch like, poster yeah. or something like that. Yeah, no, I got you. Oh, you're dating me a little bit there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, was was like I don't know why I said Baywatch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think that, you know, our generation is really susceptible to nostalgia and, and things we grew up on that we still associate. Like, how many people, you know, like still like SpongeBob, which is fun. Like, the SpongeBob, but they're well, hilarious. Half you know, the memes out there are from or, Yeah, or they're all from SpongeBob. So I think they're playing on that, which, you know, for anything else, you know, entertainment wise, especially, is fine. You know, you want to. They rebooted the Power Rangers movie. It was terrible, but they rebooted Power Rangers. They did the, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, they did the the Pikachu Detective yep. Pikachu, which was like that wasn't geared towards eight year olds. That was no. geared towards us. You know, and like, oh, Ryan Reynolds is Pikachu. And it's a whole. One thing. day they'll make a good Dragon Ball Z movie. I doubt it. <laughs> I wish they would, but it's too hard to do in in real life. Yeah. Um. So I get it, but this isn't any other industry. This is already a highly regulated industry. And I think that, uh, I don't think, I don't think specifically some of the, the, the people mentioned, I don't think there's any malice. I don't think they were deliberately doing this to cause harm or cause chaos. Yeah. Um, I just think that they're, they think it's not, Oh, well I'm not doing it purposely. So it's not a problem. And it's like you, people just got, I think they got to think like one step further like, would the the biggest cigar skeptic, ha, like, could he in any way draw a line from this to the problems that they're associating with this? And now, if your answer is no, like, with this, then you're fine. But if there's any indication that somebody could very much take this out of context, my personal advice would be don't do it. Um, that's all I want to say. Uh, you know, obviously, we got we to gotta kind of play middle ground here, unfortunately, yeah. but we're going to be upfront about that. We don't want to get into the weeds and start talking about intention or, or all that. Cause I, I don't think anyone really had malice intention, but there's been a bit of an uproar. And as, um, a media outlet for cigars, we want to, uh, at, at least acknowledge that we're aware of it. We have our opinions on it. Um, really, if you want more in-depth analysis, check out, like I said, read the half wheel article from two weeks ago. Uh, it's a beautiful, really beautifully written piece. Yeah. Um, or check out the, the episode of the hot ticket podcast, I'm um, gonna give, give those guys a shout out um, because yeah. they 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 get into it like they they discuss the the finer portions of it. Um, so that's yeah. what I'm gonna say about that. Yeah, and one thing I just would like to add, nothing crazy, is I think I think in general we have to realize that kids and and even some adults are very impressionable with with certain things, and if you are marketing towards that. You know, if if, if 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 your marketing leans towards that. Yeah, if your marketing leans towards that and, and then you end up getting some teenagers who illegally get their hands on it. You mentioned this too, like the FDA is has a microscope on this industry. So any little thing that this industry does, you know, that could be grounds for the FDA swooping in. And, and you know, you've mentioned like if you do present this in court and someone lifts up a pack that looks like candy, but it's really cigars or cigarette, you know, that, that's a big thing into it. That's a great point you made. Um, do you remember candy cigarettes? 
Yeah, bubblegum cigars. There's an episode of Community where they're like pretending to be detectives, and, and they're Troy like, yeah, takes yeah, it yeah, out, yeah, and then they're like, I think Brittle wants one. He just eats it. That's, that's a great. That's a such an underrated show. Oh yeah, yeah. That's Dan a, Harmon's under, in yeah. my opinion, very underrated. But isn't he a creep? I, Didn't he do creepy things? Yeah, yeah. A woman came out and said like he, you know, he was did very creep, unprofessional on set, yeah. and he did apologize. Um, but yeah, no, I, you know, I, I just think it's more so just. I feel like the older you get, for me anyway, like I, I have to kind of, you got to watch what you do and say, because I feel like everyone is watching you, like not even just kids, just in general, I think people are always watching you. You know, I try to keep a lot of personal stuff off of social media because how many times have people gotten fired for what they've tweeted, what they've posted? People have forgotten about like consequences. Yeah. Um, and I think actually consequences are greater now than they've ever been. But yes. so many times people will say something online in a comment section that 30 years ago, like you'd have to go to somebody's house to like say this to them. And there was a legitimate danger of you getting punched. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that doesn't exist anymore. Like the, the kind of physical survival danger that yes. humanity is just used to. But now it's like, listen, I think it's one thing if you were younger and you did some stupid, you said some, something stupid or you did whatever when you were like 18 and now you're 50. Like, I think that's yeah. BS and you should leave that alone. I agree. But otherwise, if somebody pulls up like a list of things you put, posted on Twitter two years ago, mm -hmm. like that's fair game. And you have to understand, like, and I, I don't like people hiding behind anonymous names and everything. Like, if you have something to say... Say who Say you it. are and stand by. And it's this is kind of plays into it. It's a little off topic. I, I one NBA player, Kevin Durant, he responds to his quote unquote haters, and everyone's like, "Why do you like feed into them. that?" Yeah. And he's like, "Because they they are keyboard warriors." You right. know, I give him credit for that. Yeah, you know, on your social media, you post, you know when you were drinking like the beer and cigar pairings or mainly now it's like food and cooking anything if you were to say quote unquote controversial we we talk about it in the office i've never seen you post something i've never seen you post your opinions on a matter I even am, if even if it's a movie matter that's that's because i'll even post stuff like i didn't like this movie i didn't like that i posted that i didn't like the show loki and i got drilled on facebook you know you don't you're very i think you're very professional in that regard in the sense of Whatever you want to talk about, you leave for like in-person stuff and then you yeah. just focus. So, and I think that's a great way to do it because you never know who's watching. You know, you friend someone on Facebook from work and then it, let's say they don't like you and then they present yeah. it to your – like I'm not saying this is the culture here, but there are some jobs that are very much like that. Also, like, like I post – if I post I don't like Loki – I'm not saying this would ever – who knows in 10 years I happen to – Become friends with Tom Hiddleston and someone pulls up, oh, you know, he said he didn't like your show 10 That's years ago. That's a great ago. point. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, not that that would ever happen, but with, with anything well, like- anything, like Kevin Hart getting, not hosting the Oscar because he made a joke about his son wanting a doll house and yeah. he'll break it over his head. Joke, like a comedian making a joke right. got him banned from hosting the Oscars and then the support behind that. So yeah, you, James listen, we're, Gunn, we're, everyone, We're man. enough into this era where, uh, like- there was a time there where like this this kind of thing was so new, yeah. That like, all right, you know, give people give people a break. They, you know, they made a mistake. They were much, you know, 
But now we're getting to the time where it's like, all right, if you posted something four years ago, like, no, we're holding you to that, mm-hmm. which I think, which I think you absolutely I should. I agree. I think it's one thing when I was 14 and Facebook was just invented and we didn't know what the hell to do. Yeah, I don't and we know were how just many... like putting a bunch of, every time I get like an old Facebook memory, I delete it. I'm like, no. Nope. Oh, same here. I'm quoting Lil nope. Wayne lyrics. And if you know anything about Lil Wayne, he says a certain word. I'm like, I have to delete that. <laughs> like, yeah. you can't quote that. You yeah. know, you cannot quote so, like, certain I lyrics think, 10, 12 years ago. I think give everybody ago. a break on that. Stuff, but if you and if we're all you, learning yeah. at the same time too like now like you're like you just made a great point you within the last five years if you post something kind of ignorant the consequences are going to happen yeah, but and that's like like that's legitimately like that's on you now yeah that, that's like but if you 10, said it in front of a room years of people. ago like one of my favorite movies is tropic thunder and i remember joe rogan asked robert Downey jr could it be made today and he was like yes and no you know and it's very very you know it's i'd like that he said that answer you know if but then I remember Robert Downey Jr. was like, you know, I got away with it because Ben Siller played Simple Jack. <laughs> like, right. I got away with doing, like, blackface. But he said most, you know, Jamie Foxx talked about it, too. Like, no, that, that was hilarious, you know. But well, there's I, a time think, and a place for it, too. I think context has, been, has yeah. been entirely removed from a lot of these conversations. Yes. But, yeah, basically, if you're if you're still talking shit on the Internet, that's on you, babe. Like, like yeah. you're, you're now fully responsible for that. You got you to gotta own that. Um, but... Let's move on to a, a more pleasant topic. Before we get into Batman, um, I do want to talk about this cigar. Mm-hmm. This is the H. Upman Heritage um, by A.J. Fernandez, another collaboration between Altidus USA, it's namely spicy Rafael one, Nadal. Man. Yeah, it's got a lot going on. Yeah. And, um, and A.J. Fernandez. Uh, I think it's another absolute winner. I want to talk about the H. Upman brand really quick. What they've done with this brand over the past five years has been amazing. Um, I've spoke and I, I always and I, I always also say this sentence. I've spoken about this for years. Uh, I, I always reference that when I talk about the old Altidus products because there was just a string of years where there was nothing exciting coming from them. Um, you know, they had their old classics that always sold, but and they did have a random hitter here or there, like the platinum. You know, like a random random like oh that's really good. But they really have have changed course um since Raphael came on board they are doing some amazing work now and when did he come on board was it five years ago around that time i mean um i mean it was at least when the cinquenta and the um whatchamacallit came out the cinquenta and the hispaniola okay which was three years so it's been i i, I would be comfortable at five years the yeah, Romeo San Andreas was like the Romeo five hundred five. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was around. Like I think he started those, the Trinidad Santiago. So I started, I started working here three years ago, and I think that was when a lot of like the the Trinidad Espiritu came out, yeah. the Warhawk, they were, they the were, Hispaniola, and the one seventy fifth. And I feel like I kind of came at a time where I've, I'm kind of, uh, what's the word? Lucky, yeah, luck, pretty much lucky. Like you, you know, you were saying like they have Hashtag just been blessed. on a on a real like they've just tear. been on a tear lately. And and you always have said like you have been one to say like you know yeah the products from out to this have only gotten better, especially H Upman. H Upman, I, I I give the most uh, attention to because um, I always like the the Monte Cristos. They've definitely gotten better and more complex, but like. There's never a period where like uh, like there was garbage Monte Cristos yeah. or I didn't you know they they weren't selling or they were whatever like the Monte Cristo white the classic the original the platinum like they've been around for years um, same thing with Romeo I you know I like the direction they're going now with Romeo you know the Reserva Real Nicaragua but they also had the 1875 the regular Romeo Reserva Real the old Anniversario 
Like there were some older hitters for Romeo that I I enjoyed. The biggest turnaround for their major brands has by far been H. Upman because, uh, and I, I they're going to yell at me for saying this, but I don't think they don't even carry these anymore. Like they made some roughs, like the H. Upman legacy. Like there was just, there was some rough, mm-hmm. it was a rough go at it for a while with this brand. And I think they didn't know what to do with it. Um, that really started to turn around with the Hispaniola, which I think came out before the 175th. And you always like say the 175th the kind of overshadowed. Oh, yeah, Hispan- uh, the Hispaniola is a great cigar. Uh, that's much more in line with like the H. Upman price point that we like to see the same price point. This is kind of at that, you know, nine to, I think it's even like, like maybe $7.50 to $10 range. Yeah. Hispaniola is a great, great cigar. Uh, but then the 175th. Then the Añejo, now this, like they have just had uh, an absolute string of of hitters with this brand. Um, they revitalized the band a little bit. They get, you know kind of modernized it. Um, the pack, like I love this this packaging. Um, like how they put this box together. I love the the color of it. It's kind of in that yeah. same color scheme as the Epic Vintage yes. Blue. Um, which you know that that kind of darker navy blue, which I With really enjoy. With the gold enjoy. works perfectly. They're they're you know this is a Brazilian wrapper. They're 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 really getting into some unique tobaccos now, which I really enjoy. So H Upman just gets my my fullest props, and I'm so happy that they've been able to turn. They've done it with a lot of their brands. So they've done it with Henry Clay. They've done it with Trinidad. Um, but H Upman I think stands out the most because this is because you know this this was always a major player for them but it wasn't really in the industry like the 1844 like they probably sold a lot but like no one ever talked about them h upman is being is like talked about now at a yeah. high level um yeah i love the h upman uh, 1844 on yeho i think did it come out last year oh the Añejo was two years ago two years ago yeah that that's yeah there, see, that's there what was, saying, a, like, there was a string of cigars that i, re- I yeah, remember 2020 yeah that i remember specifically because i was trying them for the first time when we were locked down yes yeah um that year's las calaveras i remember distinctly being like a lockdown cigar mm-hmm. um the h i remember being a lockdown cigar uh but yeah, so H. Upman, the the vintage. I'm sorry, the uh, the heritage. Great smoke. It's online now. Uh, like I said, Brazilian wrapper, Nicaraguan filler and binder. Bold richness, a good amount of spice to it. Some darker fruit notes that I really enjoy. The construction is great. Um, I, like I said, I'm really enjoying the branding on it. It's sim- they've nailed like they. This is and this was a discussion we had when we were talking about punch. They've nailed the modernization of these brands without getting into the weeds in terms of gimmicky or we got to do a, excuse me, a crazy thing or it doesn't pay the right homage or homage to the originals. They've done such a fantastic job with the Romeo, like the Reservory on Nicaragua, all the H. Upmans they've done, just just top notch. So, Rafael, if you're listening to this, thank you, my friend. You've You've done our industry a great service. And and made a new favorite brand for me that seven years ago I would have been like, no way. No way am I smoking that nonsense. And it's just, you know, besides H. Upman, I th- feel like Raphael and, and AJ, they're like, I don't know. <laughs> they're just like Jay-Z and Kanye. <laughs> like, or like, you know, if you think of any good duo, like they just don't, they don't miss. Scotty and MJ, they really do not miss. Like between. The Wright brothers. The, yeah, okay. <laughs> the Wright brothers, um, Laurel and Hardy. Laurel and Hardy. Um, talk about way, way back. Um, but no, they're you know, and I know that they're really good friends. So I think that obviously 
Russell Crowe and Ridley too. Scott one time. What? Russell Crowe and Ridley Scott once. One time, okay. <laughs> Scorsese and DiCaprio or De Niro. Or De Niro. Or um, Harvey Keitel. Or Har- oh, yeah. Jeez. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's... You could just tell, like, when friends are collaborating and they make the... Be- like, there's just that trust there because, you know, you have between, like... Yeah, the 1935 Nicaragua. Look, he's crying. He's the, so emotional about what we're talking about. The Aging Room Rare Collection, the Quattro Nicaragua. Like, it's just hitter after hitter between them. So, like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect anything less from, from, from these guys. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get to the fun topic. Yes. That's and what we should do from now on. We should always have a cigar topic, and then we could do a fun one. And I need you to chime in because last week... Yeah, get your microphone ready because we're about to tear you apart. Last week... I came in, and the first thing Nick said to me was like, the Batman, the Batman. Oh, my God. I didn't see it. You saw it before me, which I'm very shocked because I feel like you don't see mo- you don't watch movies. Um, and then I had to he do He was the- watching some auteur play I had, to, I had to do the earmuffs like three or four times so I didn't get it spoiled. And I, I did avoid spoilers. A few people were like, well, there's nothing really to spoil. But I was like, yeah, but I didn't want to. There's all these articles of. I, I remember coming across an article. What did Batman inject himself with? I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear it, you know. And then I waited until the movie and all that. I, Nick loved it. Justin did not. Did you even like it? No. Okay. Where would you rank it out of the major Batman films? I You're telling so you me put, you put you're telling both, me Val- you put both Snyder movies above this. Oh no 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 this one goes above the Snyder films. I like George Clooney. I mean like, again that movie's fun. The movie's terrible. It was, you know, it, and it, probably the Batman I've seen the most because yeah, <laughs> I had it yeah. on VHS. Yep. Yeah. Batman Forever, man. Jim Carrey, Tommy Lee Jones. Batman Forever got that some was bad not rap. Bad. That was actually not a bad movie. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought Val Kilmer did fun. Listen, for an yeah. era before this, like, world building and everybody getting deep and intrinsic, like, you could have a new Batman movie every year with a new Batman, and, like, nobody cared. You know, like, it was fine. Um, I think Val Kilmer did, did very good in that. I thought Jim Carrey did well. I thought uh, not Tommy Lee Jones' finest performance. Yeah. Um, a little, little over the top. Um, and Chris O'Donnell is just Man. there. Yeah. In everything that he does, he's just there. Somebody, some comedian has a really good bit about like how Chris O'Donnell. He's like, he's not like in shape, but he's not out of shape. He's not a great actor, but he's not. I a feel ba- like he's been on NCIS for like a decade with LL Cool J. Yeah, he's you just know? Like, like so. He is getting like he's working consistently. Yeah, he's you know? like somebody who I'm not like nobody here, but he's somebody who like works at your job that like works in accounting and you've like they're there for years but you don't know who the like but that's at ev- yeah, every no, job he's, he's worked here 25 years and he's retiring he, he's been here 25 years. yeah i'm like <laughs> it's kind of like is his name is. frank like you yeah. you know him yeah and you would if you saw him at a walmart you'd be like oh yeah that guy works with me but like you know nothing yeah, at a of company him. party what oh i thought that guy was just roaming around the store yeah you had like there like every office has that person and that's what chris o'donnell is in in the entertainment world um that was supposed to be uh Marlon Wayne's one of the Wayne's brothers. Who's the one? Who's the who was the one that was in Requiem for a Dream? Marlon. So not only was that supposed to be Marlon Wayne's, he actually got gets residuals from that. That's how far along he was in the process of being cast as Robin 
And I think oh, wow. I think I think Batman Returns actually. Oh wow! I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure it was Batman Returns. He was so they they there's there's costume pictures like you can see him like dressed oh, up. I didn't know that at all. He was so far along in the process that I think he actually gets residuals. Like his contract was already ironed out, and then like at the last minute they decided to like cut it, or for whatever reason. That stinks. Um, but Chris O'Donnell did fine. He was mm-hmm. kind of like I don't know how old he was. I, he was definitely younger back then, but he also seemed too old to be like. A new Robin. He, yeah, was like, he, was like, he was like 30 or something. There's he was like rumors 25. that they want Timothy Chalamet to be Robin to Robert Pattinson's Batman, and I feel like they're too close in age. Not even too close in age. They're like, they're too. Timothy Chalamet's too big of a star. Like, you just started yeah. doing, you're not going to go be a co star to Robert Pattinson. Like, all, like if, if this was Timothy Chalamet five years ago, then yeah. yeah, and that's a great way for him to boost up, but he's already up. He's already on top. I know, back in the Dark Knight, um, trilogy. There was rumors of Shia LaBeouf being Robin, and he was just kind of coming off the Transformers. He's never going to work. And I don't. Think no, he's no, he wouldn't. But that then, he, even I felt like he was a little too old. I feel like, you know, what what Robin you're going to go for? Tim Drake. Um, I would love who's to the see other, a Tim Drake. Who's the other well, Robin? There's, 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 there's Tim Drake. Dick Grayson is the yes. original. Then there's yes. Jason Todd is the one that that dies yeah. in Death in a Family, and then comes back Red as Hood. Uh, the Red Hood, and then. Um, I think he's another name now. I can't like Red Matt. Like he's another name. Uh, yeah, he's like an antihero now. Yeah, and I then think they would Tim go Drake. towards Tim Drake or Dick Grayson. Probably um, and, Dick Grayson because uh, he's D- Nightwing. The, the one right? now is is um, uh, Damian Wayne. Bruce yeah. Wayne's yeah. son is is like the current. Uh, like a Didn't lot of Damian the, uh, Wayne. A lot of the recent animated movies, like the good animated movies, actually had Damian Wayne as the. Didn't Ra's al Ghul take Damian Wayne under his wing? He's, or is that just a storyline in era? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, it was Batman and Talia Al Ghul. Yes, yes, yes. Son. Okay. Um, yeah. Ninety okay. percent of people have no idea what we're talking about right now. Um, yeah. Well, I just know that from like because I when I say Arrow was legit like for a while, it it, it tapped into all that. Like right. Ra's Al Ghul was in there. Like it had that storyline. So yeah. So I watched it the other night, and I think we were due for like a dark. Batman movie, not even the looks of it, because it was, but like was just dark. the storyline of it, you know, I think we were, I'm not sure where else we could have gone, because to me, it was like, you know, Christian Bale's Batman, and even like Michael Keaton's Batman was like, all right, you're already established as Bruce Wayne, you know, Ben Affleck seemed to be kind of on the older side of Batman, like about to like retire yeah, there's, almost. There's, 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 I, I want to see like, I want to see like a, the only time you really, I guess you saw it in Batman Forever. Um, You definitely saw it with Michael Keaton's movies, but I want to see a recent adaptation of like Batman kind of at his prime, like Batman, peak Batman. The Nolan movies, I guess in the, in the second one, the Dark Knight, you saw that, but he was young and experienced Batman in the first one. And then the third one, it's more, it's more the Dark Knight, Frank Miller version where he's older and he needs braces on his knees and his body's broken. The Ben Affleck one, you get more of an older, he's kind of cynical thing. This one, they went back to him being like younger, but like it was an interesting take because it's like, he's experienced at crime fighting but he's not at that like Batman top le- like how no. the Batman like, Batman animated series by the way will always be the gold standard. Yes. Um, and if somebody can get even semi close to that, I'd be shocked. Um, I'm I'm rewatching the show right now. It's it's amazing. Um, and you should do. Uh, there's a few websites that have like a cool list of like rules of like 
you know, they you know, like no cheesy dialogue. Yep. Um, he always had to be like he was only Batman at, at night. You would he was never Batman during yeah. the day. They had like a lot of cool rules for that they followed. You kind of see that in this movie. Like, yeah, they meet up like kind of at you know when, when at sundown, let's say. But yeah, he the opening was just to me the opening yeah. of this movie was perfect. So I'm. He he does he does check out a lot of people. Yeah, he does look at a lot of people. Listen, I'm gonna get I'm okay. gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna go over the, what I didn't like about it first. So let's just get that because I you know All let's right. just get that. There's out not much I. D- okay, go ahead. I didn't like the ending ending. By the way, this is totally full of spoiler alerts. So if you did not hear, if you do not watch Batman yet, and you plan on it, yeah, then I would probably turn, not. Turn watch, yeah. Um. I felt like the that whole thing with the with the blowing up of the thing and what I felt like that's a climax for a bigger Batman movie. I felt like I what I really enjoyed for most of that two two hours and fifty minutes is like this is kind of an like it's still like high level because it's politics and everything, but it's still like an enclosed investigative like Chinatown yeah. L.A. Confidential kind of thing. And then it kind of felt like some producer at WB, as they were filming, was like, oh, we got to shoehorn some kind of like cataclysmic, you know, it's got to be world ending level. You know, it's got to destroy everything. And I'm like, that shouldn't, you know, because like, like that's what Batman stories have evolved into. Yeah. But that's not what Batman always was. The first two hours was, did not feel like a a superhero movie to me or, or even really like a Batman movie. But when they captured the Riddler and he's like, you don't, you haven't figured out what I'm doing yet. And then he's in his apartment and he pieced it together. That's where it was like, okay, the stadium falling apart because of the water and this and that. That felt very much like a superhero Batman movie. Yeah. And what, what upsets me about that is by doing that in this first movie is I feel the stakes in future movies are now either only going to be on par or like, because if you just, every movie is like a destruction of Gotham, it just starts to get played out. If by your third movie, it's like, oh, Scarecrow is going to blow up Gotham. It's like, oh, Gotham, there's already flooded. Yeah. It was already poisoned last year. Yeah. How many times are you going to, well, that so was they, a, they that kind w- of rushed to that ending already of, I'm like, no, you should, you should have built up, you know, in each movie, what, you know, what well, was going to happen. In my, I would be curious to see if Matt Reeves or WB like going into this was like, okay, I'm going to map out a trilogy or if this was supposed to be like a one-off thing. And then it's like, um, Oh no, we're going to add sequels to it. Like the new Dune that came out. Like, I think they went into it. Spoilers again, with doing a second part to it. Yeah. Well, they left it very yeah. open ended. And I'm, that's all I'm going to say. This like if this was the only Batman movie f- with Robert Pattinson, I think they, like, they, in Arkham Asylum, they kind of alluded to another villain, but this could be like if Robert Pattinson's like, I'm never gonna be Batman again. Like I think they there was a beginning, middle, and end. There, there, so there I wonder if was. like in the middle of production or 
I, I just wonder if Matt Reeves has a three has a trilogy planned out. I'm not sure because I feel like the the artist of Matt Reeves and like like the really good writing team want to make like like you know listen we you know we should have if we're gonna do a trilogy though there should be a connection to him but. I think the important part is to have really great standalone yes. stories. Um, so that might have been their thought process going into the writing room, but I doubt the producers at WB were, would risk like a franchise, like not risk like it wasn't going to make money, but do like, like they were planning for a new franchise. They were yeah. not going to waste a franchise movie and you know, the production costs and the marketing on something that was intended to be a standalone with a hope that if it did well, like, no, the plan from a production standpoint at the, at the producer's level was definitely like, no, we're going to make a whole world. And they already, they already announced the penguin show. They announced yeah. a, a, a commissioner Gordon show. Like they yeah. announced a whole, th there was no way that they were going to allow uh, these, these great artists and, and directors to just like, Oh no, you can just do like your one off crazy, cool movies. Like, no, we're going to make money off of this, babe. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I just kind of, because you made a good point about the ending where the studio came in, and I, I personally think the studio butchered Snyder's vision, or I, I don't know, like I don't understand the Joker, Jared Leto's Joker. Um, um, I listened to you know that podcast I showed you once, the um, How Did This Get Made? So yeah. they did a. Uh, it was so funny, but they That's did by a more, Joe Blow, right? Or no? No, it's by. Um, uh, Jason Manzukis and Paul Shear. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So they had an episode That's fun, where they yeah. did the Schneider cut, and they had these two other guys who do um, another great movie podcast um, called Blank Check that you should. Yes, you yeah, should you listen told to. me about that. Yeah, um, Justin will like. I think like it too. Um, it's uh, oh, one of them is the film critic for the Atlantic, and then the other one is a young actor. He was in that show, The Tick, that was on yes. Amazon. He yeah, was, love, he was yeah, actor yeah. Um, and they basically take um, famous directors' filmographies and they do one episode on each of their big movies, but the directors they take are basically, it's not just like, oh, Spielberg. They take people who had a tremendous early success and were able to basically cash in that blank check for the rest of their careers. Yeah. So M. Night Shyamalan, John Carpenter, you know, these guys who like did one crazy thing. Not that like the rest of their movies were garbage, but they did this one crazy thing that like Hollywood will always give these guys money from then on to make a movie regardless. Um, they did Robert Zemeckis, which is one of my favorite series. So they had them on talk about the Snyder cut and they, they all liked it and they said it was a tremendous improvement. But one thing that they did say is like, if this was the movie that came out in 2017 during that climate with Trump and everybody hating people and it was a it was just what you know it wasn't a good time if the Snyder cut came out it would have gotten maybe slightly better but still negative reviews because people said after Suicide Squad and they said after Batman v Superman we don't like this dark tone we want to make it ha now what they did is they went stupidly in the other direction badly with Joss Whedon but if that Snyder movie came out on its own it would still have made a lot of money and it probably would have gotten slightly better reviews but it would not have been like this A plus yeah. like it still would have been in that realm of the other movies that he did but they also make a good point that um, because one of the guys on the show saw Batman vs. Superman, the extended cut, like the three-hour cut, and he's like, it's, I'm not going to say it's a good movie, but, it's like, but it makes so much more sense. And I think that Zack Snyder should only be kept to making like four-hour movies. 
and then people will get him a lot more. Yeah. Like they'll understand him a well, lot. Well, the Snyder more. Cut was supposed to be a TV series, a four part series. And well, it, that it, it, makes more can, sense. Yeah. yeah, you could tell in the four hour movie, you could tell. Well, they basically broke it. Like when they released it on HBO, they basically broke it up that you could watch this. Yeah. They even, yeah. They even have like markers at like the four parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I, I, I like that, and I, I think they, the last good point I'll say that they made is that because he, he, they only filmed like five new minutes of footage for the Snyder Cut, because yeah. basically Joss Whedon refilmed everything, mm-hmm. and they Snyder's basically took back what he had filmed originally. But they added that end scene with like it's doom and apocalypse, and they're yeah. going, on, and he's what like, they call that the um, nightmare, nightmare but it with, like with night, a K. Yeah. Yeah. But he said that they took. Uh, why they had Jared Leto's Joker in there is that that it was basically a big middle finger from Snyder to like the WB and to the fans being like, I'm going to take probably the most universally hated part of this universe, which was Jared Leto's portrayal of Joker. And I'm going to make him like palatable. And, And they did. And I thought Jared Leto's Joker in that scene was great. Was actually really good. Yeah. Now, obviously, Joaquin Phoenix has his kind of. T- yes. It's such an interesting character, but I thought Jared Leto in that scene was like, oh, okay, this is actually like I wouldn't mind seeing. He's Nightmare. not. He, he's yeah. not some crazy like spring break DJ anymore. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's he's a totally different character. Even his laugh was different. Yeah. So I think that was Schneider being like, here's like you know, like I actually am good at this, you know, but you know, so here here is what could have been. Um, and I think that they're they're tying up that whole part of the universe in the Flashpoint Paradox movie because I think Ben Affleck yes. in that he's in that yeah. I think Michael Keaton's that he's in yeah. that one as older Batman so they're bringing up and that's the way DC gets ahead of Marvel. Um, Marvel's also starting to do that with their multiverse thing where you could potentially start seeing dead characters or other versions of the same character. Um, and I think that's where DC can pull ahead because they have such a rich history going back is they can pull in Michael Keaton. They can pull yeah. in Val Kilmer. They can even pull yeah. in similar like what Spider-Man did. Well, and yeah. like because Andrew Garfield, well, everyone liked him. Like those movies weren't well liked, but pulling him in and giving him, giving these characters redemption yes. in a more well-made thing, I think would be really cool. And I think fans are there for it. We're eating this stuff up, man. Keep making these movies forever. Like yeah. I'm, I'm cool yeah. with superhero movies forever. As long as you keep interesting stories, um, great acting, you know, great was, plot points. Was Marvel, did Marvel always have a multiverse or did they pull that from? I mean, in terms of the comics, I, I didn't read yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know the DC Earth series because the TV series, The Flash kind of dove into that. Yeah. And then now they're going to, if they're going to do flat, dude, Flashpoint Paradox. I'm the, guessing the they, animated movie and the, and the comic series. I'm guessing they, they had one from okay. like, probably like in the 70s and 80s. But yeah, no, I, I think DC hopefully has a chance to nail the multiverse because DC was always a comic, was always a series that always dove into the multiverse. They did it on the TV show and, and, and all Those that. Those TV shows really like, like I, I liked Arrow up, up until he fought Ra's al Ghul in like season yeah. four. Then that dropped. I can but I Death honestly Stro- was it Deathstroke? Too? That, that was a that, good, that was, was season two. Those two seasons that was were really great. Good. And then they got rid of him. I will say the f- I, I don't I don't think I, I watched Flash after season two. It just started getting ridiculous. And I'm yeah. also like, it's Tom well, Cavanaugh playing yeah, nine different characters. What like, worked right. well for Arrow was that because it's on TV, it's on the WB. They don't have the budget of like a big movie yeah. or like an HBO Max. Is like. They again. They had bigger stakes. They had the destruction of Central City or, or, or um, 
Star City. Yeah. But like, it was no like real super powered people. And anybody that was maybe super powered in the comics, they offered a different version yeah. to make it more realistic so that they can, they could do it without having these crazy special effects people flying around. Then the Flash is like, oh no, we're going to take a guy who's like superpower is like lightning running fast and we're going to try to do it you know, at eight o'clock on a Wednesday on the yeah, WB. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, how long is this going to last before yeah, exactly. like you can't do it anymore? Exactly. So I, I was getting tired of just like watching him do the same editing that Anthony did in the, in our dark leaf video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, we can, you, this was a waste of this. Like he I did agree. a good job. Um, the, the, the kid who, who plays Grant him. Gustin. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, that. I'm hoping he shows up in the movie yeah. because apparently Ezra Miller showed up in the TV show a few seasons ago. But, um, no, I, I'm, I really liked the Batman. I, I, I the opening kind of portrayed like the fear that Batman has on the city. You know, looking into the dark alleyways, you look at the sign and someone looks in the dark alleyway like is he there? Like holy shit. You know, I think that was a good portrayal of like the fear that you have of him like in the dark night when they saw the sign or like oh Batman's out, there wasn't that much fear until he actually showed up and like started kicking ass. But the fear of the darkness, quote unquote, him lurking in the shadows, I thought was great. I I know you said it that Robert Pattinson was emo, and I guess he was. He just seemed like he said it in like the first ten minutes, you know, talking to Alfred, like I don't give a shit about Wayne Estate. I don't care about that. I'm here to now avenge my father and then when he found out the truth about his father and mother and you know Carmine Falcone like that was where that's where inside that's where you pick an actor like Robert Pattinson who's great at acting where he can be like now I'm torn I'm torn I'm, I'm honestly I'm, I'm I'm more excited to see him in the next movie where they have this evolution of him being more of the Batman we know where like Bruce Wayne is this bright guy, you know, fun guy who yeah. like tries to donate, you know, has a lot of charity work, really builds Wayne Enterprises out has very well. Has a boat well. full of models, yeah, you know, and, and stuff like, like that. Yeah, and kind of plays that Playboy thing about, I'm excited for that now that it, it seems like that's the way they're going. Yeah. Um, first of all, how, oh, you got to say something. What's up? What's up? Say, say your wrong take. It's okay. When did this Batman get trained to learn how to fight? Why do we need to see that again? Yeah, like we need another origin no, I'm just, story. Because like... Because there's no backstory. There was no backstory to there was no backstory to Ben we, Affleck or Michael Keaton either. I think they're going based off of I think they're going based off Spider Man because Tom Holland. You're right, but Tom Holland Spider Man, you didn't see like we already know his uncle like we already saw that. So if you saw the latest Spider Man, uh, did you no? Right. That will that was the, the brilliant ending of that part. was basically like. The beginning of his origin story. That's where Marvel. Yeah, oh, sorry, that's where right. Marvel thrive. Like that's why people can say, "Oh, I don't like Marvel." No, Marvel did did Basically, great with Spider-Man that. Spider Man had like a six movie origin story to get to the Spider Man that that we, we all that know. where Tobey Maguire has left where Tobey Maguire started. Yeah, Tom Holland's left off. So for for me, I don't need to see his parents get shot in the goddamn alley again. I, I don't need to see that. Maybe there'll be some flashbacks of him training. Now, I don't know if either of you said this or someone else did. They said his physique, like he didn't look big enough as Batman. I would have liked a little more. I agree. But I, I think we're all forgetting, like, this is like, <laughs> this is like rookie Batman. I thought the Batmobile was cool. Oh, the reveal of the Batmobile. That, I thought that it was the most realistic was amazing. depiction of a Batmobile on the big screen. It was like a mix of like the Adam 
West vehicle and like. And I love that he was on a motorcycle. Like I love that yeah. they brought him on a motorcycle because was Christian Bale really on that? I don't remember. Oh, that, that was Catwoman's. That yeah. Was yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing, because I've been playing uh, the oh, Batman. I've been playing the Batman video games recently. Uh, Arkham City, I'm doing um, Arkham Knight right now. Nice. And uh, I love the games. They're great. Kevin Conroy was the voice. Yes. And you don't get better than I am the Knight, I am Vengeance, I am Batman. But what's, what I've noticed in the movie, in the, in the video games is like, my God, this guy, like, you know, like he has, you know, the back here, but then he has like a watchtower in the middle of Arkham, uh, in the middle of Gotham, that like he hits a button and like it turns into a, like a mini bat. I'm like, who built this? Like, the, the amount of technology and time it would be to construct a room that looks like a library and you pull down a head yeah. and, like... Well, what was Morgan this, Freeman's this, character's name in the Dark Knight series? Lucius, Lucius Fox. So, yeah, I'm wondering if he... But uh, what, uh, it's one thing to design it and have the money for it. Who's building all of this? Yeah. Like, are they getting... Con like, do you know how long it would take one person to build a Batcave? Years. Yeah. You know what I mean? So who? So that was one of the cool. I didn't even think about it before. One of the cool aspects about the Batmobile in this one is like, it looks like somebody took like a '77 Charger, but then just like made it more you know modern with modern engines, you know uh, modern. Like it looks like somebody that somebody somebody could build in their garage with the right amount of money. It didn't have all the no oh, oh if you hit this button it becomes a jet like who's building this yeah. stuff? It's one thing that, that uh, Christopher Nolan kind of went to like oh we're taking some stuff from like Wayne Tech and we're just changing it a little bit. But in terms of the when you see some Batman stuff where it's like the amount of accessories this guy has and like oh all these rooms that he hits a button and it all change who is building this? This this cannot be one or even two guys. This requires a team of highly uh, experienced engineers yeah. and nobody's going to be like, oh yeah, just build this thing that might be for Batman at the bottom of Wayne Manor. But like, it's not, it's not Batman. It's not Bruce Wayne. Like, like who that, that's the thing is when it gets into the realm of like, all right, one guy can't do this, which no one also did when he basically, you see Batman like lifting up computers and like yeah. kind of plugging. So like, all right, I kind of get that. But Can even we in suspend a, disbelief though when we watch these movies, or is that impossible? It's a you can't. Uh, they they a lot of times these movies do like it's tough to straddle both worlds. Like I can suspend my disbelief for Thor Ragnarok. That's otherworldly yeah. cosmic stuff. I get that. So you want this see. if you're trying to to grip this into a, a dark actual reality of like here's what real human emotions here's how really somebody would react to to this and and Batman psychology and he has this breakdown from his parents and it's all real and gritty. Well, then like I think that they did a good job of portraying this again, except for like the last twenty five minutes. I'm like, this feels like a human story. Like everyone here is human. Yeah. And like this is this could really be how these things would unfold with humanity. Even to like Selena Kyle and you know Carmine Falcone, like there was a lot of human element to how it. How good was John Turturro? Uh he's he was he was phenomenal. I wanted to hit him in the face so many times in that movie. Just his like smug look on his face. He had great actual like mafia from the sixties yes. swagger. He wasn't this cliche, like, Oh, jabroni. Like that was kind of Colin Farrell's character, but even he, I think he did a good job. No, he did a great job. He wasn't, he, but there was one moment where they realized that again, spoilers, um, 
Cobblepot wasn't the, the, the rat. And then he's walking away handcuffed and, and in his feet and he's looking like a he's like, you're just going to leave me like that was kind of like I thought that made me chuckle. There were not a lot of moments in here that made me chuckle. You know, Dark Knight, I could sit there and like there's certain like, you know, when Bruce Wayne's like, oh, I don't think you'll be able to get a seat. Oh, no worry. I own the place. And he waves on another yeah. table. Like the Dark Knight, I find more humorous with certain things, you know. Um, but yeah, I thought Paul Dano, Paul Dano was great. Um, I don't know if I would pick another actor for the Riddler. I don't know who I would pick. Um, I feel like like there's there's only a few Batman villains that you can take and make into this kind of psychological yeah. uh, character. Obviously, the Joker is number one. And that's, yeah. that's been done. It's been done well a lot of times. I feel like the Riddler's next. I feel like the Mad Hatter could be really interesting. Yeah, I like how they kind of made Penguin like a supporting villain. Like he's not gonna get. He's not gonna yeah. be the main villain in a movie. You kind of already get his vibe. He's just a gangster. Nick Cage wants to play Egghead. He would. Yeah, he is, he is an Egghead, <laughs> and I love. Him I, to don't death. I I would like to see Mister um, Freeze. I would like <laughs> to see another or Bane. Different. I know Tom Hardy crushed Bane. I would like to see. Po- I would like to see villains they used in the past and and reprise them with newer. Younger actors, you know. I, I love Poison Ivy, but like the 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 the, the just the cheesy dialogue, I I cannot stand. I just want. There were certain I, cheesy yeah. dialogues in here when Zoe Kravitz was like, "All oh, these white privileged men," and it's just. Uh, I heard yeah. my my wife was like, "Ugh," <laughs> you yeah, know, there like, was, like Thomas and Bruce well, Wayne. Yeah, it's they like, were they um, were giving they were giving Batman shit for like. I think she basically told him like. Even though your parents were murdered in front of your eyes, you were you're rich, so it's okay. Like you shouldn't be this upset. Like, yeah, or something like, like something like along those lines. And I'm like, That's, that was the only moment I was like, this is really that was a little stupid. cringe. I'm like, come on, you don't have yeah. to. Like I, I get what you're trying to say. I thought it was beautiful cinematically. I don't yeah. know where they. I think they filmed most of it in London or England. Um, That's why it was raining all the time. The cinematography was beautiful. The, you know, it doesn't the extreme actually close ups and and you know. You really didn't know what, like, with the extreme close-ups and the quick cuts, you really, it kind of made it a little, you know, jarring and and all that. Yeah, first of all, I will say the original, like, the commissioner who dies and then the chief, like, with the mustache, I I was very, very shocked by their voices. Like, the the first commissioner who, like, when he came talk- into the room, yeah, like, like, let me tell you something, Gordon. I'm yeah. like, why is your voice so like? W- were you putting that voice on, or is that what this actor sounds like? He was, v- he had a very high pitched, like, let me tell you something, Gordon. I don't want this Batman walking around my crime scene. And I'm like, what are you talking? Like, who are you? Yeah. What? That was by well, the media. That was yeah, pr- media. I, I, the, I, I, at, at the funeral. You, how many? Oh my God! It's Bruce Wayne. It's Br- yeah. the mayor. She was like, "I think you need to be doing more." That was just a political. No, I will say she was trying to. Get she was trying to be like, "I think you need to be more." I think you need to be more involved in the community. In in the comics, Bruce Wayne is like he's a great businessman and he's much nicer to people and he does do that. But he is he is say it again. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think uh, no, because the 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 relationship between Commissioner Gordon and Bruce Wayne doesn't exist. You saw the cop be like, "Oh my God, look who it is!" Bruce Wayne is out of his cave. No pun intended, you know. Yeah. But Commissioner Gordon and, and Bruce Wayne never really have a relationship. Yeah. The cops are more. It's like seeing a millionaire or a bill. It's really like one of us. 
if we fawn over that, yeah, if like, oh my God, it's a millionaire. And Elon Musk just walks in, and you're like, oh my God, Elon Musk. Yeah. And then, but then, yeah, so I think that's more, they're more like in awe yeah. of Bruce Wayne. Like, oh my God, he actually came out of his house to show support to the mayor. He was really there for the kid, I feel like, you know, his son, and then all that happened. But yeah, like. Don't phrase it like that. Oh yeah, he was, he there, was, to really su- there, kid. He he was there to support. He wanted that kid. <laughs> he was there to support the son. Yeah. Um. But yeah, at, 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 everyone hates Batman, and they hate the fact that Gordon is letting him in the crime scene. Like they don't know who it is, and even Gordon said, "Man, I've been working with you for two years. I don't even know who you are." You know, that's that was little things like that. I I really really love because Gordon's First of all, re- Gordon crushed it. Gordon's relationship with with Batman has always been great. I forgot what animated series it was where Brian Cranston voiced um, Commissioner was, uh, Gordon. I, I think it was the Batman Year One movie. Yes. Which was And excellent. what's his name? Ben McKenzie, who was in Gotham, the show Gotham. He voiced Batman as well. Like, I like that they're both kind of coming up, you know, so eventually in this trilogy, we're going to see him become commissioner. Yeah. You know, I really like that, but I, I loved that. I, I Maybe I'm uh, I have a soft spot for Robert Pattinson because a lot of people... You know, they only see him as Mr. Twilight, but he is a legit actor. And I think they've only gotten legit actors to play Batman. You could say what you want about Ben Affleck. The guy can act like Uh, Christian Bale. Hands like every Batman can almost like every single one of the uh, Batmans has been like. A couple of them are Oscar winners. Yeah. Christian Bale won. Michael Val Keaton. Kilmer. Michael Keaton won. Val Kilmer. George Clooney, I think, has won an Oscar. Ben Affleck. Uh, ben Affleck's won an Oscar. Like they, I think they've all won an Bless acting, him. or at least been nominated, nominated for like an yeah. acting Oscar yeah. before. Um, but just to, for Justin's point, um, although Bruce Wayne in the comics is much more cheery and like runs the business well and, and kind of puts on this Playboy persona, um, one of the dichotomies is that a common thing people say about Bruce Wayne himself in the comic book series is that, um, oh, he's just some billionaire playboy. He could be doing so much. He does a lot more than he did in this movie. He is very active in the community, but that's always the thing is people tell him to his face, oh, you know, your father will be ashamed. You're drinking and partying all the time and like doing this stuff. And that's kind of the inner, like the inner dialogue that he has to deal with is, is, taking that in stride because he knows what he's doing at night is is really fulfilling the legacy. So the fact that like the media tell him like, oh, you're not living up to your potential, that's actually a common thing in the in the comics. Yeah. Also, by the way, I can't stand when they have a movie with like a vigilante, like, you know, like, a, like a hero, and then they, like the news interview some person on the street, well, I don't feel safe with it. Listen, if I lived in New York City and some mask guy was going around beating up criminals all the time, I'd be like, yeah. Let him go. Like, of course. Like, you know, if you listen, if you find him, you got to arrest him. I get it. But like, it's the oldest, I don't care. <laughs> it's the oldest news in the, it's the oldest storyline even. Like, I'm a big fan of Dexter, the show. And it was very much like, this is, this belongs in the, this is the cop's job. But then the, what it tapped into was Falcone owns 90% of Gotham PD, GCPD. He owns them. I'm okay with like, you know, obviously like the actual institutions, the police, like you need to have that line that you never cross. Um, but if there's some random guy out there, like if the Punisher was real, he was just like shooting murderers. I'd be like, okay, like I would not advocate the cops to do that. Um, because like, because we pay them, they're part of our institution, yeah. they're part of our government. And we, 
that's giving too much power to a government that could backlash because then they start hampering down our freedom of speech. But if there's just some random guy out there, like, for example, I don't want to get into the, the weeds about this, but Cain Velasquez, UFC fighter, probably oh, one of the yeah. best heavyweights of all time. I'm a big UFC fan. Just got arrested because for attempted murder because a guy uh, was apparently inappropriate with his four-year-old daughter uh, several times. And then, like, Cain Velasquez chased him and his dad down in a car and like shot at the car um, and apparently hit his dad in the arm. He's arrested now, uh, denied bail, attempted murder charges. The guy who was accused of doing the things like was given bail. Like that's why he was back on the street anyway. So when you see that kind of stuff, you're like, well, I don't advocate the police to go and I don't want the, the institutions to go enact vigilante justice. They have to be held to a certain standard because we have laws and they have to be upheld. But if some guy ain't getting caught by police and he's just like shooting a bunch of murderers. Yeah. Listen, am I gonna, am I gonna invite him over for lunch? No. Like if, if Batman, that's a question, if Batman showed up at like, if he's hurt and he showed up at your house, would you tell him to get out of there? Would you call the cops? Would you tell the bat, oh, he's in here? I'd be like, no man, hide under the bed. Like, oh, oh no, there's no bat, no Batman here. Yeah, I don't know, like, I, I've never seen no Batman. Like I, that's what I would do. I'm like, you're, you're I, I got you, babe. And the next thing you know, next day, Wayne Enterprises telescope shows up at your house as a thank you. Totally unconnected. You, you would not make the connection at all. Wayne Enterprises Ferrari out front, like, oh, well, this is a random. Thank you, Bruce. Thank Wayne. you, Universe, for, for I helped the Batman, and suddenly Bruce Wayne gives me gifts. That's, that's great. That was a big plot hole in the Nolan movie, is like Batman helps out that, like, talks to that kid. And then, like, the next day, like, a Wayne Enterprises telescope, like, shows up at his house and never makes it. Like, oh, I talked to Batman about looking at the stars yesterday, and then Bruce Wayne sends me this star-looking machine. Are they friends? But I would give the movie probably eight out of, seven and a half, eight out of ten. I think eight out of ten is fair for, for I, my gripes I, I with it. I thought it was very, uh, you know, cinematically it was beautiful, I think. To make it a cigar thing, I give it eight Lajeros. Okay. Um... Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe. Thank you guys very much for listening. We're on Spotify. We're on all the places you can listen to podcasts. Um, and also, we're obviously on YouTube. But for the best cigars, the best prices, including the lovely H. Upman Heritage by A.J. Fernandez, check us out at JR Cigars.